Now, last week, we looked at ask, seek, and knock. We go back and we look at this and we go, well, just like last uh, time before, in verse 6, Jesus talks about judging, not judging. And then he says, do not give the dogs what is holy and do not throw your, your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot. And then we go, where did that come from? Well, the issue here was there's some things we can judge. And then he goes into an immediate prayer. For everyone who asks will receive, and the one who finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. And then he concludes in verse 11. Listen to this. If then you who are evil, which Jesus was talking about parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? So as we look at the golden rule and we think about the last thing that Jesus talked about was good. It's as if Jesus says, okay, along with God giving good gifts, this is what I want you to do as you live your Christian life. And we read, so whatever you wish that others would do, do also to them. For this is the law of and the prophets. So when you think about, at least when I think about when I studied this week, secularism and philosophy, you should know that Christianity is not the only religion to claim to have said this statement. And as I work through the material this week, you look at, for example, Buddha philosopher in India, and that was before the common era, which we would call before Christ. Buddha said this, and it's also a religion, whatever is disagreeable to yourself, do not do to others. Then there is Confucius, Chinese philosopher, 51 to 479 BC, before the common era, we would say before Christ. He wrote this, do not impose on others what you do not wish for yourself. Again, there is this idea within philosophy and religion that what Jesus said was just paraphrasing what everybody else said. Then there is uh, Seneca, who was a Roman philosopher in CE, the common era, or what we would call after death in 54 to 62 AD. He says this, try in your dealings with others to harm not in order that you not be harmed. I maintain that Jesus's was totally different than what we just looked at and that it's anchored in the Old Testament. So what Jesus says to us today, I think, is this, be respectful of others. And we focus here, first of all, on thinking. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, whatever, aeon, it is refers to some type of event. So in other words, as you live your Christian life and you encounter events in your life, there is something that you are to do in response to that situation. He goes on to say the word wish here, some translation want, but fellow is the word for desire. 
So you could say whatever situation uh, you are confronted with, you desire, now he goes on to say, others, anthropos, which is the word for human being. Let me say a word here for a minute. The culture in which we live today is angry. I was on one of the gaming sites that I'm on. It's, it's for board games. And there were some very nasty people in response to delayed product results. In other words, they weren't getting their cards and they weren't getting their things on time. Very nasty responses. And my response to everybody on that group was, we have become an angry society. You can't go anywhere where you cannot see anger. And so we have to remember something. Jesus uses this word specifically, human beings. Listen, human beings have feelings. They have emotions. We can't just throw stuff out there without thinking about what are the emotions that could possibly be going on. So when Jesus uses anthropos, he says we need to look at people as human beings, not as anything less than human. And sometimes the words that we use can be very hurtful. He uses the word here, poyo, which is would do, and that word refers to acting in a certain way and acting respectfully. So Jesus right here frames the idea of thinking before we act, which we'll get into in just a minute. So, the, so I, I thought about this week, and as we think about how we want to be treated, right? All of us. How we want others to treat us. One is loving. Love, and this is from 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. All of us in this room want to be treated with love, right? Well, if we want to be treated with love, why don't we extend that to others? Why don't we love them the way that we would want to be loved? A second one would be building up. Let, us please his, let each of us please his neighbor. This is Romans uh, 15, 2. For his good to build him up. And again, in a day in which we live, it is so easy to trash people and to tear them down. We may not agree with them. That's okay. But it does not give us license to attack to physically destroy. Now, there's sometimes it, when we're, Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine. In that situation, when you've shared the gospel enough, then it's time to walk away. Sometimes you have to walk away. I get that. But it never gives us license to mistreat or abuse people. And it's so easy to do as we live our lives. What about this one? Bearing others' burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. That's Galatians 5.2. That's what we do as a community. That's what we want. We want people. I mean, when, when, uh, when, when you guys talk to me about your concerns or when you talk to your neighbors about your concerns or your uh, fellow Christians, you are bearing each other's burdens. And when we see somebody hurting, our natural response should be, yeah, get them. Our natural response, at least in the, within the body of Christ, is we're going to try to bear that burden. We're going to come alongside. That's how, that's how we want to be treated. That's how we would like to be treated. What about this one? Do good. So then as you have opportunity, this is emphasis here, 
So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith, Galatians 6.10. We need to get a different mindset. We need to get a different mindset as we live our Christian lives. We need to focus on putting ourselves in the other person's place. Sometimes you can, there's sympathy and then there's empathy. Sympathy is, oh, I feel sorry for you. Empathy is feeling what the other person feels. And this is exactly what Jesus is going after here. It's not an say, oh, I'm sorry for you. You put yourself in their spot. Oh, I can sense how this would make you feel. And then I respond appropriately, not inappropriately. There's certain ways to do things and certain ways not to do things. And then Jesus says, this is what you do. You have to act on it. You have to act on it. Do also to them. You know what the word is here? Poyo. It's the word we just looked at. Behavior, to act in a respectful way. I, uh, in studying this week, John Stott's commentary popped off the page uh, at my heart. He, he calls this the self-advantage. I, I, I love the way he puts this. Self, self-advantage. He said, self-advantage often guides us in our own affairs. That is true, right? What is in my best interest? How is this going to benefit me? What can I get out of this situation? What is the best choice for me? Well, John Stott takes it beautifully. Now we must also let it guide us in our behavior towards others. All we have to do is use our imagination, put ourselves in the other person's shoes and ask, how would I like to be treated in that situation? You see a worker at work who is struggling. And he tells you or she tells you of the situation taking place in his or her life. Respond with empathy. Empathy is action. Empathy envisions yourself in the other person's spot to where you can feel some of the emotions that that person has experienced. And then you join them. So whatever, however, you want people to engage you or me is how we are to engage them. That is much higher than what Buddha said, what Confucius said, what Seneca said, and some others we're going to look at here in just a little bit. That, those are all negative. Those were all negative responses by every one of them. Jesus, however, does something masterfully here. He, he puts it back on the individual to not only internalize, but to take action. And it is a positive action. It's not like the others that we read. It, it, if you find this despicable, don't do it. Jesus puts this in a very positive light. We have to act on what we perceive. In other words, we look at the situation... We see a person that maybe have done something wrong to us, may, may, whatever the situation may be. You internalize that, 
And then you say, how would I want to be treated in the same situation if I was that person? And I think that that causes us to pump the brakes a little bit and say, wait a minute, how should I respond? What, how would I like to be treated in the same situation? Listen, folks, you do realize, and I realize, that we all have been benefactors of God's grace, right? Right? Yeah. It is only by the grace of God that we're going to heaven. Only by the grace of God that we're going to heaven. So if I know in my own spirit that I have been shown grace, then I want to show grace to others. It's a very simple process. We have been changed inwardly so that that inward change will reflect itself outwardly. So Jesus says, look at somebody's situation and then ask yourself the question, how would you want to be treated in that situation? And then do it respectfully. Again, there are some addendums, and the addendum would be what we read earlier, do not cast your pearls before swine. Those you have witnessed to over and over and over again, they become hostile. In those cases, you simply turn and walk away. But Jesus is talking, I think, here within the Christian community and also the larger community in of itself, people who are not antagonistic towards you. They may be your next-door neighbor, may be your friend. They're not saved, but this applies to them, too. This is a general rule. This is a general rule specifically for Christians, but also for the larger group as well. And again, like with any addendums, there are people that will be hostile towards you, and Jesus said you can simply choose to walk away. And I, I like how John Stott framed that because that's, that's, a, that's a good visual <clears throat> I know how, you know, I want this, this 401k to benefit me or I want this to benefit me. Why don't I take this then and then apply it to my own life as I deal with others? Sometimes it's better just to let a wrong be forgiven or let go. Now what Jesus says next, for this is the law and the prophets. It fulfills the scripture. For whatever you want others to do to you, do to them. Whatever you want others to do to you, do to them. Jesus says, for this is the law. For is explanatory on what he just said. This is... Ami. And that word Ami, it's a small word. But that word that is, is a reference to a fulfillment, something that is identical to the nomos, the law. So uh, Jesus just says, Whatever you want others to do to you, do unto them, for this is, this fulfills the law. They are identical. They are identical. You, what Jesus is now quoting from the Old Testament, I believe. Now, <clears throat> Judaism and so-called, now I'm getting into the more of the closer parallels, not the fake religions like Buddha, uh, 
Confucius, those guys. There was a rabbi, Rabbi Hillel, who lived in 20 BC. Uh, he, he wrote a series of writings, was a well-respected uh, rabbi of Jerusalem. One day he was teaching and a student came up to him. The student had uh, a lot of questions. Back in the day when you were a rabbi, you had students and those students eventually became like the rabbi. And this one student said to him, teacher, tell me about the law standing on one leg. Now, what that meant was, uh, just get the law for me where it's very simple. And this is what the rabbi said. What is hateful to you, negative, do not do to anyone else. This is the whole law. And I like this part. All the rest is only commentary. Go and study. <laughs> Notice the framing here. The framing, what is hateful to you, <clears throat> negative, do not do to others. That's not the Jesus quote. Jesus' quote is for us to internalize and then take action on that. Um, <clears throat> that was in the Shabbat 31a. That's a Jewish writing. And then there's this one, the book of Tobit. By the way, the Council of Hippo in 393 A.D. Uh, approved it. The Catholics in the Eastern Orthodox churches still use this. It's called the Book of Tobit. They write this, And what you hate, negative, do not do to anyone. Again, the negative issue. Jesus frames his words positively. When you look at somebody and you look at the situation, ask yourself, how would I like to be treated if I was in that situation? And then Jesus takes it one step further, then do it. You see the issue here? These people can claim that, oh, yes, we, we have the same thing in our religion. No, you don't. No, only Jesus frames it this way. Only Christ frames it this way. We look at, now we go to the Old Testament, Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against any one of your own people, that is fellow Christians, fellow Israelites, but love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, I believe, uses this and frames it in a way in which it becomes positive for those who are going to enact on it. None of these people, none of these religions were alive when Moses wrote that. Most scholars, and I would agree with them, go right back to this one. This is back in Leviticus. Who wrote Leviticus? Moses. Who, was a, who got the revelation from God about in the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth? Moses. Moses wasn't around at the creation. All these other religions that claim Christ copied from them? No. This is an original we would expect that from our Savior. Um, and Craig Bloomberg uh, quotes Robert Mounts here. Mounts notes, it is, 
it is the negative form. The golden rule could be satisfied by doing nothing. If you just don't hate it, or if you hate it, just don't do it. You're doing nothing. You see that? Every one of those quotes that I gave you, from the rabbi on up to all these fake religions, they all put it negatively to where you really don't have to do anything. They never get to the act step. You notice that? They never get to the step where you actually have to employ it. Jesus says, whatever you would, how others would treat you, that's what I want you to do. You don't have to go, well, just because it's negative, I'm just not going to do it, and I obeyed the golden rule. No, you didn't. You didn't do anything. Only Christ frames it this way. And that's what came out of my studies. That's, it's, it's amazing when I read, I don't know, maybe read too much this week, I don't know. But when I looked at all of these religions and what they're so-called so nuts, and then I look at what Jesus says, and how precise he said it. It's an apology for Christ. It's an apologetic for Christ. So if one of your friends says to you, well, our religion has the same thing, say, no, you don't. You don't have the same thing. If anything, if anything, they copied from Jesus. If anything. But they all move it negatively. I couldn't find one positive one in any religion that I looked at where it was framed positively like Jesus did. Only Christ. And by the way, all these other religions in the world, they do not boast a risen Savior. Do you know only Christianity boasts a risen Savior? There is no, all the, all the leaders and movement leaders of all these organizations, they are dead. All we have is their writings. But our Savior rose from the dead, defeated death, and reigns at the right hand of the Father. And because we know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, how much more should we think about these things and then apply them as we live our Christian lives? It gives us thought. It gives us thought to think and to focus on. And then fulfills the scripture and he mentions the prophets. Prophetes. This is also interesting. Let me just say this. Jesus framed his arguments well. I know we read it and we go, law, which is nomos, which is a reference to the Pentateuch and the Old Testament as a whole. Because Jesus' quote about how you would want others to treat you, do yourself, is framed within the context of the Old Testament. And then he mentions here the prophets, prophetes. And prophetes is a proclaimer of God's utterances. Do you know what Jesus just said right there? Everything from Genesis all the way through up till the time of Christ, men wrote verbatim what God spoke to them. 
Peter says, prophets didn't write for their own interpretation. They wrote by every breath from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying the, this Old Testament, this nomos that came from God is God's own words. So when we read Psalm 23, 4, just pulling something out, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That is God's word to us. And so this is framed perfectly that Jesus is saying, what I'm saying to you comes from the Old Testament. Everybody that listened to this on the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus was sitting and he was talking and they were sitting because that's the, that was the system of the day. As he was saying this, every one of them would have known that Jesus was talking about the Old Testament being divinely inspired by God. So what we have here is not only Jesus putting it in a positive sense, he is also jumping back to the fact that the Old Testament is divinely inspired by God. And therefore, his teaching, Christ's teaching, is not inconsistent with the Old Testament. People say, well, this is, you know, there's, there's portions of Scripture that, that contradict, contradict other Scriptures. No, that's because you haven't studied it. They, they love lifting one or two verses out. But Jesus is clearing the field here, and he's saying this fulfills what was written in the Old Testament and written by men who were inspired by God. I'm a verbal plenarist. And a verbal plenarist believes that every letter in the Bible is an utterance from God. It had nothing. It's just God used men to write his words. It wasn't the prophet's words. It was God's words. And they wrote it. These are a list of some of the prophets, the Assyrian age. I would not have wanted to be a prophet during that period. Neither in the Babylonian. Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Micah, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Haggai, Zechariah, Joel, Malachi, Obadiah, Nahum, and Jonah. These, when we go to the Old Testament, I think it's important to frame this. Because Jesus used it. When we go to the Old Testament, what Jesus just said, every one of those laws that Moses wrote and everything that was prophesied in the Old Testament was spoken by an utterance of God. Here's the deal. If we don't believe that, can we believe Christ? I once had a deacon, a deacon, in a Southern Baptist church tell me an older gentleman who had taught Sunday school for 35 years said some of the Old Testament contradicts Christ's teachings what there is nothing that Jesus said that contradicts the Old Testament. In fact, Jesus now is drawing from the Old Testament and framing the argument in a positive way. We don't get a buy. I want you to understand this. We don't get a buy. When we look at a situation, we have 
one of two or three options. We can either not respond, well, that's exactly what Confucius would do. Or we can respond negatively, which is not what Jesus would do. Or we can respond positively, which is what Jesus would do. Everybody in this room wants to be loved and respected, right? Everybody wants to be cared for. Everybody wants to have, we, we don't want negativity coming into our lives. You, you know, basically, I want to be truthful. One or two times this year, I've actually looked at the news. Do you know why? It's negative. Everything is negative. If people send me stuff and I, I look at it, but it's all negative. We, we live in a negative culture. We need to somehow get out of this negative culture. And one way to do it is, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do to them. You do it. Again, Jesus is the only one that frames it this way. So in conclusion, let me, let me say this. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Put yourself in the other person's shoe. And ask yourself the question, if I were in their shoes, how would I want to be treated? And then you act on it. Because Jesus here with con contained within the, the words, Jesus is not saying, well, you don't have to do anything. Jesus is saying, you do have to do things. You have to respond. Confucius, all those other guys, if, it, if you think it's wrong, don't, just don't do anything. You see that? Jesus wants us to act on it. So this week, as you live your Christian life, go out there, think about, you, you have a situation which Jesus talked about. You have a situation, and it may, may directly involve you. You have the opportunity to then go, okay, empathy. How would I feel if I was in that person's spot? And then simply, based on that empathy, respond to them appropriately. How you would want somebody to treat you. I think it's important. And like, like, like I said, Jesus is the only one that frames this positively. So who has the foothold on the golden rule? Only Christianity. Christianity.